Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. We've talked about Mercy Medical Teams before. Have you thought about serving on a Mercy Medical Team? You, you, you prepare, you pack up, you go and serve for, oh, a roughly two weeks, about 10 days, somewhere around there, and uh, serve in another, usually in another country, in another culture. We've had some domestic teams as well, but serve in another part of the world where there is a need and you have the opportunity to show that mercy, that love of God in a in a very uh, in a very practical way, showing that that mercy and care for our neighbor. And uh, today we have an opportunity to learn more about some new Mercy Medical Team destinations. And in studio with me today, Stephanie Schulte. She's West Africa Regional Coordinator for Mercy Medical Work. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you. So much. So glad to have you in studio. So much to talk about today in the time that we have. First, let's talk about uh, how you and your husband uh, have, uh, how you became missionaries, what led up to becoming missionaries and where you've served. And then we'll get into these Mercy Medical Teams as well. I'd love to learn about uh, you and and Gary a little bit more about uh, where you've served and how you became missionaries. Okay. Uh, We started out serving in Togo, West Africa, a tiny little country along the coast there. And uh, we were very young. We were 23 when we got to the field. (laughs) And we stayed for a long time. Gary says he stayed until someone younger than him finally came out. But (laughs) we stayed for 12 and a half years in Togo. Gary was business manager. I did not have an official position, but I raised four kids. So that was my job. That's an official position. Yes. I worked very hard. And then uh, we moved to Ivory Coast for two and a half years, and Gary served as regional business manager for all of West Africa. Uh, we went while when we bleh, we went to the mission field because we just weren't we just felt like we wanted to do more than just regular jobs in the states. And a friend of mine, her father was the recruiter for missions, and so we contacted him. And lo and behold, they had a place for us. We didn't think they would because Gary wasn't a pastor at the time. But it was the best phone call, the best decision we ever made. And the whole time that we were there previously, I, I just saw a lot of illness, a lot of easily preventable things, wounds that just weren't healing because they weren't being cared for properly. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was there, I wished I could go to nursing school. I, I, you know, online learning started to become a thing while Mm -hmm. we were there, but you can't do nursing school online. (laughs) So when we got back to the States, first Gary went to the SEM. And when he was done with that, then it was my turn to go to school. And I went back to nursing school. Wow. Always, we always had the idea that someday we hope to return to Africa because we left the Ivory Coast due to the war. We didn't leave because we were really wanted to come mm-hmm. back. Um, and so I went, you know, the Lord gave me the opportunity to go to nursing school. I worked at Barnes Jewish Hospital for about four and a half years on the trauma floor and then in the float pool, learned a lot. And mm-hmm. we had the opportunity then. We thought maybe we'd wait till our, our youngest graduated from college, but the opportunity came a couple of years before that. She gave us the thumbs up and said, yeah, it's okay if you go. So we went ahead and, um, I don't know, re-signed up with the Mm -hmm. OIM and uh, 
Gary was called to go out as area director for Western Central Africa. And I, as you mentioned, doing the same region, but doing the med- coordinating medical work there. What was it about your time in Africa, in, in, in Togo and in Cote d'Ivoire, that, that, that made you say, this is what we want to do the rest of our lives? You know, this is, this is we want to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you mentioned you left during the, the, the war in, in Ivory Coast. What was it that, that made you say, we want to come back? This is, this is home? Did, did, did it get to that point where you, did. You're, in, you're thinking in, this is home? Yeah. In many ways, Africa is home, especially for our kids. It's where they were born. Mm-hmm. They were raised much of their lives there. There's, you know, it, it's funny. As I was driving here today on such a beautiful day, I was thinking... God, why did you make me fall in love with a dusty, barren place like <laughs> <laughs> like northern Togo? But there, there's just something about the people are, are very kind and very welcoming. They are, you know, you feel like you can make a difference in someone's life. It's, it, you know, the suffering is real. The poverty is real. It's not an easy place to live. But you, if you, if you want to make a difference in someone's life, you can really do that in in West Africa. Well, and as you mentioned earlier, the some of the issues that were significant issues, their health issues, were things that we quite often take for granted here. Things that are easily remedied so easily that they're they're mundane and routine tasks here. Mm-hmm. Well, and often these medical problems are a result of traditional religious beliefs. One example I always give is the ancestors say that when your child has diarrhea, you don't give them any water, you wrap them up, bundle them up, keep them real hot, and then you put them in the room where there's no ventilation, Hmm. you know, in one of the huts. Uh, Of course, then they stop running diarrhea, but they also have the potential of dying of dehydration. But that's what the ancestors have always, that's how you do it because that's how they want you to do it. So when the mercy work has to be in conjunction with sharing the gospel so that people can be freed from that slavery, really. So it's just incredibly important that the work that we're doing with the Mercy Medical Teams is always in conjunction with the work that we do mm-hmm. through the through the churches there. So let's talk about Mercy Teams uh, that are some new Mercy Teams this year, or some new locations where Mercy Teams will be serving. Uh, for, our, for our listeners who are not familiar with Mercy Medical Teams and, and their work, which I don't know how it's possible you could listen to this program and not know about Mercy Medical Teams. But uh, for someone who might not be familiar with Mercy Medical Teams, a, a quick rundown of what a Mercy Medical Team is. We bring anywhere from eight to 10 people from the states or as many people as we can get. Uh, they come for about a 10 day period, as you mentioned. We have a couple of days of getting over jet lag and then five, we're planning five clinic days. And these will be days where we work with local nurses and local doctors. And we just set up shop in Togo. We're setting up in a school building and the church is taking care of letting people know ahead of time that we're coming and people show up and whatever their complaints are, we do our best to, to treat them. We, 
all the medication that that is needed, we hope, we will be able to give for free. Um, and people will have an opportunity to see a doctor. It's there's there's a mistrust of the medical field, unfortunately, often. Well, part of it is money. They don't have the money or they don't want to spend the money on medical stuff. And so if I go to the doctor, he's just going to make me buy, you know, all these medications and, and I don't have the money for that. But that's, And that's not just unique to Africa. Uh, right. <laughs> that we hear that more in, in the U.S. too. It today. really is getting to be a problem. Yeah. Um, so we want to, you know, we want to connect, well, and then we want to connect people with the church. So Mm -hmm. our mercy medical teams will always be connected with the local church. There will be pastors there and every person that comes to, to see us, every patient will be, someone is going to individually pray with them. There'll be a devotion at the beginning and then they kind of work their way through the system. And at the end, they, you know, someone will pray with them. It's, it's to help. We definitely want to help people medically, but we want to help them spiritually even more. And this gives the local pastors an opportunity to say, you know, we love you because Jesus loves us and we want to share that love with you. I'm glad that you pointed out the 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 partnership with local doctors and nurses as well as the local church, the local pastor. It's my understanding that when a when a, a plan is developed for a mercy medical team that it's all at the invitation of the local church. It's all at the invitation of the the local people. Yes. It's not it's not a group of people from the United States saying, where in the world can we go? Okay, here, let's pick a place on the map that looks like they need something. And then we just pack up and go and, and set up camp and and take care of a few wounds and then leave. And there's nothing that happens after that. But this is so much more. This right. is working with the local church, working with the local doctor and nurses to provide this care, this this for health, for physical health, but also for uh, spiritual health as yeah. well, for that spiritual nurture in the word that that local pastor is able to, to to connect with those people as they come for this care. Yeah. One of the things that I've been telling the church leaders as well is if somebody comes and they have something going on beyond our capacity to treat, or that's going to take a longer than five-day you know, treatment plan, we, we, hopefully we will have some funds set aside to, you know, pay for those sort of treatments as well. For example, in, I went, my first Mercy Medical team that I ever participated in was in Madagascar. And there was a child who came in with club foot. So you can't treat that, you know, at a clinic for five, in five days, he needs surgery. And so there was funding set aside to, to help pay for that surgery. You know, we won't be able to do everybody's surgery, but though, if we have people coming in that need or need, you know, follow-up care, maybe they have, you know, severe malaria that isn't going to be able to be treated with the oral meds that we have available and they need to be evacuated to a hospital. We'll have funds to help with that sort of thing. Wow. So, and then, and then the pastors will be there, as you mentioned, to follow up and to, 
you know, reassure people that it this it wasn't just to take care of your short-term medical needs. You know, we're here for the long haul. So, what are some of the places that Mercy Medical Teams are we're planning for Mercy Medical Teams in the the not so distant future? We have a team coming to Togo in September, September 7th through the 18th. And then we're planning a team in Burkina Faso for November 12th. I'm sorry, November 2nd through the 12th. And then a little bit farther out, we have a team we want to bring to Sierra Leone. Right now, the date is set for February 17th through the 27th. That could change. They have elections coming up next year. So we kind of want to make sure, you know, everything's stable mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> before we bring a, bring a big group there. And then uh, the Gambia, we are hoping to bring a team in March. The dates for now are March 9th through the 19th. What have the, the local pastors or doctors expressed as the, the needs when conversations have happened, you know, when the invitations ha- have begun for these locations? Uh, let, let's talk about Togo first, since that's coming up first. Mm-hmm. What are the needs there that, uh, that you're aware of so far that, that hopefully can be addressed in the Mercy Medical Team? A big problem is malaria. And especially the time of year that we're going, September is kind of the end of rainy season. So there's still a lot of mosquitoes, a lot of malaria. And that I am sure that that's going to be a big thing that we see as people coming through with that. But then there's also just general, you know, women carry a lot of weight on their heads. They get headaches or stiff necks. They don't have access just to Tylenol and Mm -hmm. ibuprofen. So we'll be bringing, you know, some of that to give to people just to, you know, to help out. Uh, vitamins, you know, the 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 traditional or the local diet is good if they can get everything that they would normally eat, but it, they can't always do that. So vitamins can help kind of carry over nutrition-wise. Uh, we'll probably see wounds. I... Um, Lutherans and Medical Missions paid for me to take a course in wound care. And I wanted to do that because when we were there before, I saw just, you know, ulcers that just would not heal or wounds that, you know, were just not being cared for properly. And they can advance to the point where you lose a foot or a hand. And, you know, to have that happen in anywhere is devastating. But, in Africa, things like that can actually lead to loss of life because they just don't have, you know, antibiotics available, things, clean things to help take care of stuff like that. So, And mobility, I would imagine, is important as well. Yes. Yeah. You know, people walk everywhere mm-hmm. they go. Some people have motos. Rare people will have access to a vehicle. But walking is the main mode of transportation. Yes. Now let's head a little closer to home, Burkina mm-hmm. Faso. What uh, what do we anticipate the needs being there? Similar uh, in in November, we may not see as much malaria, mm-hmm. but there's a big problem actually with hypertension in Burkina Faso, and uh, so we're hoping to bring some 
you know, antihypertensives. And because we'll be working with local doctors as well, they know their people. They mm-hmm. know what the the problems are. And they also know the best way to treat it. Like here in the States, you know, we've got protocols for things. It, that's not always going to translate mm-hmm. perfectly to to West Africa, money-wise. And so the doctors there are able to kind of, you know, do what people need to help them in a way that maybe the way we do stuff here doesn't always help. So, Is there a clear culprit? Is there a clear cause of, of hypertension in, in that culture? It's, it could be related. This is just a guess, mm-hmm. but it could be related. A lot of the calor- caloric intake of people in Burkina is through red meat and oil. They get a lot of their calories just through oil. And palm oil is very high in cholesterol. It's good. It's got a lot of nutrients. It's good mm-hmm. for you in a lot of ways, but it does have a lot of cholesterol. So uh, you know that could be part of the problem. It could just be a genetic thing as well people Mm -hmm. just might be more predisposed to it but it's it's also an educational issue because people some people are like i can't have hypertension i don't i'm not rich enough to eat you know all that rich kind of food but you know it's can just be a fact that you Mm -hmm. have this issue and you need to take care of it Mm. so what about uh, sierra leone uh what are we anticipating there uh, same sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Malaria is always going to be an issue and, uh, and wounds, things like that. It's, and, and probably the same sorts of things in the Gambia as well. Uh, my husband, Gary and I traveled to the Gambia last, uh, November, I think it was. And I did a little mini health clinic with people and a lot of malaria. Mm. It's just, it's endemic and it's, uh, responsible for a lot of deaths on the continent. So it's a big, it's still a big deal there. And I understand we have uh, new leadership or returning leadership. I just saw the the news, Dr. Loom, I think is heading back to yes. the, the Gambia. Yeah. Dr. Loom is an amazing person. He is Gambian, but through a circuitous <laughs> kind of route, he ended up in the U.S. and then ended up as a Lutheran and went to the seminary. And he teaches at the Ethnic Immigrant Institute. I hope I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And he, it, yeah, he has just recently been called as a part-time missionary to the Gambia. So he'll be making trips. I don't know frequently. I don't know exactly how often, but mm-hmm. he is definitely the man that we are working with in the Gambia to get this the program started. So several new locations where Mercy Medical Teams will be serving. How how does one, uh, who would be best suited to serve on a Mercy Medical Team? And then we'll talk about how to apply and how to prepare okay. and those types of things. Uh, best suited would be a flexible person who can go with the flow of things because African culture is what they call a crisis culture And what that means is they know crisis is going to come along, so they don't really plan ahead very much. Why plan ahead? Mm -hmm. A crisis is going to happen, and we're just going to have to deal with it at the time. Americans, we are... uh, Boy Scouts. Actually, they're the (laughs) non-crisis. We're crisis, because we always see the crisis coming, and we want to prepare and avoid Mm -hmm. it. So 
flexibility and just being willing to go with the flow, that's that's a key uh, aspect of someone who, if you want to come and serve in West Africa. Uh, on top of that, we really can use medical personnel, nurses, doctors. We don't have any doctors signed up yet. A doctor would be wonderful. We are going to be working with local doctors, but it would be because we're going to be mm-hmm. having a lot of Americans there, it would be good to have an American doctor as well to give their expertise. And they can, you know, share some of that with the local doctors as well. Do you, what about individuals who, who have no healthcare experience other than going to the dentist themselves? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can put everyone to work. We need people logistically just mm-hmm. to work, help people get through the line. We need people to smile and be friendly to people. We need people to work in our pharmacy area to fill the prescriptions. Since we give everything that gets prescribed, we give to them before they leave. And we need people to pray with people. We need people to, a big problem, not just in West Africa, but it is a big problem there, is taking medication the way it was prescribed. Mm-hmm. And we, I really want to emphasize having people do teach back. I'm going to take one pill every morning. I'm not going to take all 10 pills in one morning because if a little is good, more is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see, though, how that would be difficult to to communicate across cultures and across languages. Exactly. And sometimes this medication is kind of seen as magical. And so, well, you mm-hmm. know, if one of them's going to help me, then 10 will help me even more. So, yeah, there is a lot that people can do to help. You don't have to be a medical person in order to come and help out. We have just about a minute left. How do we find out more? How do we sign up? Uh, How do we get an application to to apply for this? There's a website. It's www.lcms slash, oh, I'm sorry, dot org Mm -hmm. slash mercy teams. All right. lcms.org slash mercy teams. There you can find information about the upcoming teams, application information, or how to, how to start that application process. And, and then as well, uh, once you go through the application process, if you're selected for a team or assigned to a team, then how to prepare. Exactly. That, that, that'll all uh, follow suit as well. And uh, very exciting, I yes. am sure, to have these new teams. Four new teams lined up in uh, for West Africa alone. Uh, very exciting. My guest today, Stephanie Schulte, West Africa Regional Coordinator for Mercy Medical Work. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being my guest and sharing about these new opportunities for us uh, to serve on Mercy Medical Teams. Well, thank you for inviting me and letting me talk about it. <laughs> and, and, and God's blessings on your travel as you uh, head back home. I'm, I'm glad here in the near future. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Coming up next, Thy Strong Word on the Messenger of Good News, Worldwide KFUO. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. 
Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.